Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Probably for a little over a year. It's been my intention and my desire to play, play for Ireland. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Well, Kenny, we'll uh, let the listeners behind the curtain. You've just done an almighty yawn there, Aver. They're sitting through Tottenham to West Ham nil. Which you? Wasn't great. <laughs> Don't blame me. Don't blame me. Blame Anco- Antonio Conte and the Spurs coaching staff. Now, I must admit, um, yeah, first half was pretty uh, pretty dreadful. Um, expecting a little bit more second half, and we got it, but only from one team. I think West Ham were pretty consistent in terms of the quality of the performance from the first minute to the last, and that'd be a worry for West Ham supporters kind of going forward. Didn't see very little from them today. Actually reminded me a little bit of Leeds' performance, yes. You know, some stage some stage of the season, you look at the team, you think, oh, one performance, like, you think, oh, I'll be worried now. Got a bit of a sense of that watching Leeds yesterday at Everton. And again, uh, West Ham today against Tottenham offered very little and waving attacking threat. So Tottenham are back inside the top four. They've been remarkably inconsistent and yet another very slow start. They seem to really struggle in the first half of games, but then generally get the job done in the second half. What was the change today between first half and second half? So I don't really get it, uh, to be honest with you. We've all had those, we've all played in games where individually or collectively it just takes you kind of a while to get going, but consistently over the period of like four or five months, Tottenham this season, never been involved in that as a, in, a, in a team, whether you're competing high, middle of the table and table or the bottom half of the table look the quality of football sometimes can't be great opening half of a game you know your passing's not quite at or anything like that but in terms of the intensity and how you start the game you know generally speaking you're at it you know you're going out of the dressing room onto the onto the pitch and that's the kind of message that the management send and that's the message the players are delivering to each other you know you're doing each other up we're going to be right from the kickoff today forced tackle forced header you're going to win a forced ball down the sides forced forward run you know, really kind of high energy start to the game. That's that's what you want. That's what any team wants. Well, that definitely wasn't there because West Ham <laughs> had their best chance after 45 seconds. Yeah, I know. Just don't see it. I'm really scratching my head, to be honest with you. Um, that's a shame, really. Sports supporters will be frustrated because we're looking at the team thinking, despite that inconsistency that you were talking about, they're still sitting fourth in the league. I mean, what position would they have been in if they hadn't found, tapped into that bit of consistency first half of the season? But that said, you know, glass half empty or half full, they're still in a really good position. Fourth now in that Champions League position. Got to push on now. They must get a bit of confidence from that game today and, and a bit of confidence from the fact that they know that they're better, Nathan, than what they're showing at the moment. And if they can tap into that second half of the season, they'll be in a strong position to grab one of those Champions League places. They are tough to watch at times. Even in the second half when they were dominant, they seem so risk-averse. The amount of times Kulazewski got himself in a decent position and would turn back inside and play it back into midfield. The next thing it's with Hoiberg again. It's slowed down and they're allowing West Ham to come back. Is, is that the Conte game plan or is that a lack of confidence? I certainly can't blame uh, Antonio Conte. <laughs> well, like, look, he's not, he's not in the sideline, but he picked, he picked the team. He still picked That's the team. That's a bit of a reach. That's a bit of a reach, Nathan, unless he gave the, uh, gave the team talk well, by video link in the, in, the, in the dressing room. Like no, when you I, think no, of them at their best last year, they were a devastating counter-attacking side. Yeah. That's not that Tottenham that we watched today. No, they weren't. Even Harry Kane probably symptomatic at that today. I mean, that's as poor as 90 minutes as I've seen from Harry Kane. People point out to his assist for the Sun goal. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of all-round, his all-round play was was poor. And there's been too much of that. We're all uh, Harry Kane fans in terms of the qualities in his goal scoring. And 
uh, the record Jimmy Gray's record which he broke and that was acknowledged before the game and that's all well and good but for him personally this season for me too many times too many games too many periods in games where he just kind of drifts through the games and kind of game uh, passes and boys so even Harry Kane as good as he is for me has to show a little bit more leadership personality lead from the front a little bit um, and I thought Kulishevsky actually done that second half I know you mentioned him there uh, a little bit under par first half certainly yeah, but his intensity was there second half when I uh, pressed early the start of the second half won the ball back set up two chances for uh, Tottenham players at the start of the second half that kind of set the tempo a little bit he kind of led from the front a little bit I thought actually Kulishevsky second half Son came on and impacted the game and a couple of players really stood up Romero I thought was excellent uh, throughout the game uh, Ben Davis Emerson Royale obviously uh, been an object of criticism for some time had his best game in the Tottenham jersey skip after a typical start improved so they had enough good performance to scatter around the team Tottenham to give him the edge over, over West Ham who are pretty much below par all across the pitch maybe Su- Suchek being the exception Declan Royce kept going but apart from that couldn't really couldn't really find a performance a 7 out of 10 performance anywhere in the team They did finally get themselves a Harry Kane Youngman son uh, connection in in that second half one of the big differences is obviously the form of Youngman son this season Richarlison came in and you know, I was a fully signed up member of the Richarlison fan club when he was at Everton and felt he had a little bit of Everton you know had a good fight to his game he still hasn't scored in the Premier League. I know he hasn't started all the games and it's 15 matches and maybe it looks worse than it actually is. What's gone wrong with with him at, at Tottenham that it hasn't quite clicked for him? Yeah, I wouldn't give up on him. Still get a sense looking at him. You saw the impact he had made at Brazil in the World Cup playing that central striking position. I'm sure if you ask him what's your favourite position this sports formation, sports usually play with a kind of narrow front three. He'd probably say centre of the three. I want to play uh, down the middle. That's never going to happen. Yeah, it's never going to happen. Well, it might happen after the summer if Harry, Kane, if Harry Kane's out the door. He might have to be a little bit more patient. I still, I still think he can impact the game a little bit more off that left hand. So he'd done it for Everton, didn't he? Most of his career, mm-hmm. Everton was playing uh, left of a three and he can contribute uh, from that area of the pitch but he doesn't look as comfortable over that area of the pitch maybe his son uh, when, when he's at his best and you feel that front four for Tottenham you feel if they're all playing at their best and they're all like forward and he's probably the one who's going to miss out you feel as if Kuliszewski off the right and son they're probably probably uh, complement Harry Kane a little bit more for, uh, than Richarlison so could be a frustrating time ahead for him between now and the end of the season he might have to actually wait till Harry Kane departs the club if that happens uh, in the summer before he gets that opportunity that run of games probably in his preferred position which is down the middle I assume that's a tough thing mentally for a footballer some of them are built to start games to be the main man that that's what Richarlison wants so to tell him yeah. you're going to get 30 minutes here then we'll throw you in for a game but you might be back on the bench for the next game some yeah. players just but need to play every match yeah. but he can't complain Nathan if he was coming on scoring goals and performances a high level then I think you're entitled to go and bang in the managers or and say look I need to be in this team I'm good at me performances uh, justify our merit I don't think that's been the case with him, uh, with him uh, this season yes it's been a little bit fragmented but when he's been in the team you know stats don't add up in terms of what you were talking about goals scored and generally kind of t- uh, individual performance I don't think it's been at a high level though I don't think he can, he can complain too much but you're absolutely right sometimes these type of players some players actually need to play just in terms of their uh, their body they need to play they need that regular minutes on the pitch week in week out to get the very best of them some players can impact the game come on for 15-20 minutes pick, get up to the speed of play quickly and Im- impact the game other players really need consistency in terms of consistency in terms of minutes uh, on the pitch you just get a sense Richardson might be one of those players 
At the other end then, you mentioned Christian Romero. I was uh, definitely signed up to the Christian Romero fan club when he was at Atalanta and you'd have looked at him in the Champions League and thought, like, this guy's going to score 10 goals a season from centre-back. He's so strong in the air, but also that he has it in him to be one of the real top centre-backs across Europe. Spurs fans, I think, have been a bit frustrated with him at times this season that there's been a little bit of inconsistency there. Like today, did we see the very best of Christian Romero? Some of them tackles he won. Yeah, thoughts on it. it wasn't just his tackles; it was his overall performance. I haven't got a sense of that. To, uh, I'm not got a sense of him personally myself. I haven't seen that myself in terms. Has of he got to the le- has he got to the level you would expect from him consistently? Well, I liked him straight away. I watched a lot of him at Atlanta, like you did. But of course, that transition to the, the Premiership not easy for any player, defender, midfield, or forward player. So I was interested in terms of would he hit the ground running and uh, maybe took him a little bit of time. But you can see the qualities that he has, that kind of physicality uh, which he had, a little bit of confidence how he carries himself on the pitch, never gets uh, phased. A a bit brutish in terms of his attitude at times but like I said to before I think it's a good thing to have you know front foot defending nice and aggressive and he certainly is that but there's more to his game than that Nathan when he gets on the ball he's looking to play forward saw that today in numerous occasions he's positive with his pass and doesn't take the easy option unlike myself and look to play sideways looks to play forwards when every opportunity uh, he can and drives forward prepared to dribble drive into space I almost criticised him today at times took up some unusual positions in central midfield areas over on the left wing at one stage and that's a little bit too loose for me because if the ball is turned over quickly he's the one that I wanted in the, in the behind the ball because he's their best defender best one one to one defender Can you so, afford to do that when you're playing three at the back? Uh, uh, I think you can on occasion down your side of the pitch you're playing right of a three which he does yeah you can push yourself into advanced areas down uh, that side of the pitch but once you start coming into the central midfield areas left wing and getting yourself ahead of the ball that's the thing which I'd say uh, that's a bit of a no-no for me because once you turn over the ball you have your best defender wrong side of the ball and I wouldn't want to see that so just a little bit more discipline from in terms of his uh, positional sense but his overall his overall game today was really good a couple of weeks ago we were covering Nottingham Forest against Leeds and Vinnie Perth was on co-commentary and I remember him saying I'd be surprised if Jesse Marsh lasted the next 24 hours just that sense again from watching Leeds that it wasn't going to be turned around and sure enough Jesse Marsh was gone West Ham are in the relegation zone now there's going to be a huge amount of pressure on David Moyes they've one win since October very different managers at Jesse Marsh and David Moyes but do you look at Moyes and think maybe a change is what West Ham need at this stage of no. the season? I don't get a sense of that it changes what they need and I don't get a sense really that that's what the board will do a um, little bit of experience of the board obviously when I was at Birmingham uh uh, David Golden in particular they don't kind of hoard him for him to be honest with you they kind of they keep their nerve they're very reluctant in these situations to kind of pull the, the trap door so I think David Moyes is safe and just in terms of experience which he has and his track record I think the, uh, there was a stat mentioned about, about his number of wins in the Premiership but just his general experience and being in this position it's not as if he's a manager who's been constantly up competing at the top end of the table he's been in this, uh, this position before so I think he's probably the one uh, best served to get him out of this situation so no yeah little a bit of pressure to an extent I can understand that but I don't see I see him there between now and, and, the, and the end of the season and getting back to the Jesse Marsh one for me I was surprised by the Jesse Marsh uh, dismissal I've got to be honest with you and not so much uh, because I never felt as if Marsh maybe had lost the dressing room results were poor I understand that and if Leeds had, had a natural success already Nathan to step in you know one out one in straight away yeah absolutely okay fair enough but um, looking at the situation behind the scenes at Leeds at the moment, there's, you know, they're scarping around looking uh, for a manager. That's not the ideal situation uh, at all. So I, I'd question 
uh, the decision making there in terms of actually getting rid of Jesse Marshall. I never felt as if he'd lost the dressing room was poor a position as they're in I looked at them yesterday I'd be really worried about Leeds going forward I think they need to make uh, a managerial appointment very quickly I need to get it right Just on the race for the top four then it does often tend to be this slow bike race where teams are in that position scrapping for the top four because they're not putting together a run they don't have a consistency if it's between Tottenham, Newcastle and Liverpool, because it does feel with Manchester United's win that they're maybe kicking on and are thinking more about a title challenge than a, a top four challenge. How are you calling it right now? Yeah, well, I was asked this question probably about a month ago and uh, it was it was Newcastle and uh, Manchester United for me. That was at the time. Of course, things have changed since then. Newcastle have kind of had a wobble now. They've dropped out of top four. I wouldn't give up on them, but I'd be a little bit concerned. Obviously, Cup final next week. They've lost a couple of players through injury. Gomez is out of the team at the moment. He's kind of a, a, key, a key player for them. But I still think they're capable of coming again between now and the end of the season, Newcastle. Uh, so I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't rule them out. Liverpool are the ones, just, you just get a sense of late just finding a little bit getting uh, player, players back now Jota uh, back on the um, on the pitch yesterday just playing with a little bit more confidence things coming together Van Dijk back into the defensive line of still obviously a c- couple of issues there in terms of where the small weaknesses are and that kind of central midfield area the young boys come in though done well of late but Jesse's in, in central midfield so they're certainly capable uh, Liverpool of making a charge and that looks as if what they're doing and certainly if Newcastle continue to falter and Spurs uh, can uh, solve their kind of problems in terms of consistency between now and the end of the season Liverpool are more than capable of putting a run together now they six, seven maybe wins uh, on the spin which will get them into that top four uh, position so yeah wouldn't be as confident to answer your question wouldn't be as confident in terms of the United Newcastle show uh, as I was maybe four to six uh, weeks ago but I'll stick with it for now but certainly Liverpool in a far stronger position than, than they were There's maybe similarities at a different level between Manchester City and Liverpool and that we know that they can go and these runs of 8, 9, 10 wins in a row. They've done it consistently. But it doesn't feel like it's happening for either of them this year. And Manchester City, after beating Arsenal, sort of felt like they were going to kick on. Much like after they destroyed Manchester United, you felt like, well, they kick on from here and they probably cruised to the title. It, it seems yesterday against Nottingham Forest, like they should have won the game. They, yeah. they absolutely dominated. What do you feel is going on with City at that? that consistency isn't there this season yeah I wouldn't be overly concerned with that you're right after uh, Guardiola's comments a couple of weeks I got a reaction from the players went on a really good run obviously to win against Arsenal in particular everybody felt oh, oh here we go they got the kind of mojo back so that was a blow yesterday didn't see the game uh, yesterday against Nosford but it looks as if they dominated possession just a little bit loose in their finishing so I wouldn't be maybe overly uh, concerned with that you're right in terms of what they're capable of in terms of run you know Liverpool are a little bit different because Liverpool aren't the Liverpool of old of, of two years ago who would have been capable of going on that type of run that you're, uh, you're talking about not as easy for them at the moment with the maybe with the small frailties they have within their squad at the moment but certainly I think Manchester City are capable I think the, it's just mentality I think with the Manchester City players spoke about Tottenham today in terms of their mentality a little bit different uh, from Manchester City but if they can get themselves in the right kind of headspace and I think the manager as well Nathan a little bit in terms of the tactical setup there last month looking at it in terms of how he's shaping up the team kind of back three and you know wingers as uh, 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 orthodox wingers playing as as kind of wing backs and that kind of box shape in midfield just kind of tweaking it and you know just kind of filling around with it a little bit there for me Guardi where he doesn't need to Manchester City for me always at their best uh, orthodox traditional 4-3-3 one holding midfield there two uh, number eights in midfield and a front three that for me when they're at their very best you see those fixed patterns of play I think the players think are comfortable it? in it 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure to he, be he was claiming uh, before the match against Arsenal that he always did this with the inverted left back and it wasn't unusual for Bernardo Silva to play there because Fabian Delph used play there and obviously Zinchenko and Cancelo that he would ask them to do something similar never saw that initially uh, in the Manchester City career I've seen it in the last couple of years not necessarily talking about I'm talking about a flat back forward to begin with that's your starting position and that kind of midfield tree in front now you can talk about fullbacks coming into the central midfield area from that initial formation but it's that initial formation for me which is which has always worked the relationship between the two number eights uh, De Bruyne and Gundogan and the, and the front three I think you know everybody understands their position in terms of the rotation the patterns of play and I think when they're at their best it's generally off the back of that kind of set formation you can have a little bit of rotation where you were talking about fullbacks uh, coming into those central midfield areas not a big fan of it myself but I, I kind of get it uh, to a point but generally that 4-3-3 formation works when they kind of go to a back three when they, when they go to kind of box shape in midfield I actually feel as if they overcomplicate the game and actually leaves them a little bit more exposed as well on transitions on quick counter attacks so yeah I think sometimes you just got to get out of your way out of yourself a little bit and that's obviously me talking to Pep Guardiola what do I know but what I've seen in this Manchester City team for me they're always at their best with that kind of fixed formation I think the players enjoy it they understand their roles and it's it's when they're at their best as an attacking force and it gives them as, as much protection as they need when they turn over the ball so yeah it'll be interesting to see how Guardiola sees it in terms of like that kind of formation between now and the end of the season can't let you go without a word for Seamus Coleman his wonder goal yesterday it was a wonder goal I think you can get the sense of the fondness for Seamus Coleman that everybody in the country is so overjoyed that he, he gets a moment like that in terms of his overall performance yesterday and, and where he is what five weeks away from France yeah, yeah, he played well yesterday. I enjoyed his contest actually with uh, Nanto, who played off the left. He's a good player for Leeds. I actually thought they both played well. It was a really good contest. And what I liked about Seamus was he really disciplined himself, particularly first half yesterday against Nanto. Didn't get himself talking about Romero, getting himself in the forward areas and ahead of the ball. Never did that. Seamus knew he had a job to do against Nanto. He had to kind of nullify his threat. And by and large, he done that uh, quite well. And then second half, when the opportunity presented itself to get himself into attacking area, that's exactly what he did. And obviously provided the key moment in the game. And I like his attitude, Seamus. Obviously, Parsons we brought into the football club. He's the future. We know that. Seamus knows that at Everton. But his, his head hasn't dropped. You know, hasn't chin, hasn't hit the floor. He's got on with it. He's been patient. I'm sure he support when he's on the bench. He gets behind. He's, he's still leading uh, inside the dressing room and when he's asked to play his part as he was yesterday Patterson's not available he comes in and he, and he steps up not only not only stepping up and doing a job for the team actually excelling and making a big contribution that's what he did yesterday that was a massive win for Everton he meant it right Oh, he definitely meant it. He definitely meant it. If you look, if you look at kind of body shape, you look at the shape of sort when he strikes the ball. All the indicators were there, uh, Nathan, that he knew he was kind of home alone there. There was nobody within twenty, twenty-five yards of him, and just to have the confidence to know that, but then to have the confidence knowing that if I get this wrong and I score it over the crossbar, you know everybody's going to be throwing their hands in the air. What the hell are you doing? What are you thinking of there? You should have just checked out and kept the ball. So real kind of mental strength there to say no. There's an opportunity here maybe a 5-10% chance I can score from here might make myself look foolish if I don't execute it but you know what I don't care I'm going to take it on I've got a chance here to win this game for me football club I'm going to take it so yeah good luck to him what you wouldn't have given for one moment like that Kenny (laughs) (laughs) yeah no big regrets in that respect (laughs) plenty of others Nathan not in that respect great stuff Kenny